Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you joined us. So following the much-anticipated announcement that Canada would open its borders to fully vaccinated Americans August 9th, the United States government doubled down on its pandemic restrictions on non-essential travel through the U.S.-Canada border for at least another month. As our next guest explains, the move marks a split between the two countries and was motivated at least partly because of the aggressive Delta coronavirus variant. Amanda Coletta is a reporter with The Washington Post who covers Canada, and she joins us now. Amanda, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So let's start here. I know so many people who were really excited about the idea of travel opening back up between the United States and Canada. And here in Detroit, of course, that means we can just drive over the bridge to visit our neighbors uh, and, of course, go to, to cities like Toronto or, or Montreal, which are common trips, vacations for people here. Uh, but then the U.S. government kind of uh, threw a stick in the mud and said, we're not quite ready to get there yet. Uh, talk about the disconnect, I guess, between the two cities and what it's going to mean for people here uh, along the uh, Detroit-Windsor border. Um, so, yes, this is the first time since the border restrictions were implemented um, in March of 2020 that the two countries haven't moved in lockstep. Um, we haven't heard much in the way of an explanation uh, from the Biden administration for why it sort of diverged with uh, Canada or diverged from Canada on um, the border restrictions outside of sort of citing concern about the Delta uh, variant. Um, certainly, there's been a lot of uh, angry reaction, I would say, from mostly from U.S. lawmakers who represent uh, border districts um, along the U.S.-Canada border, um, but also from um, some business groups in Canada and from, um, you know, people who have uh, lives that really straddle the border and have family and friends and other loved ones who live on the opposite side of the border and have been uh, kept apart from them for more than a year now. Mm. And what was the likely sort of, I guess, outcome of this? I mean, one difficult question for President Joe Biden's administration, I guess, is whether to follow Canada's lead and just require all visitors to be vaccinated before entering the United States, which seems like a solution, but is that something... I guess that they're likely to, to end up agreeing on. Um, yeah, that's a, a good question. So Canada is requiring um, American citizens and permanent residents um, who enter the country to upload proof of vaccination uh, beforehand and to also bring um, a copy of their uh, vaccination uh, status with them um, in English, French, or certified translation in order to enter the country. Um, Canadian travelers have this whole time been able to fly to the United States for non-essential travel, regardless of uh, their vaccination status. So it certainly will be interesting to see if there is any easing of the restrictions on the U.S. side, if now suddenly there will be a requirement for some sort of proof of, of vaccination uh, from Canadian travelers. Um, and there will be several sort of thorny questions to sort out if uh, to sort through if that is required. Um, Canada has uh, is allowing uh, fully vaccinated travelers who have been vaccinated with a vaccine that has been authorized by Canadian 
regulators to enter. So if the Biden administration were to reciprocate and allow Canadian uh, citizens and permanent residents who've been vaccinated fully with vaccines that have been authorized by U.S. regulators, one question would be what that means for Canadians who've been vaccinated in whole and or in part with the AstraZeneca vaccine, which U.S. regulators have not yet authorized. Mm. Um, in much of Canada, uh, officials have also allowed Canadians to mix and match vaccines. So uh, there are lots of people who, including the prime minister, um, who got AstraZeneca for a first dose and then an mRNA vaccine from Pfizer or Moderna for a second dose or who got a first dose of Moderna and a second dose of Pfizer, vice versa. Um, And the, you know, U.S. officials haven't uh, really embraced that mixing and it's unclear if they will um, sort of accept that as you know, fully vaccinated if they are requiring some proof of vaccination. Yeah. So, so I know that from a lot of people, this is about being able to travel back and forth, uh, vacation, that kind of thing. But this has commercial and economic implications uh, as well, right? I mean, uh, the, the, the two countries, the amount of trade uh, that we do, the amount of reliance we have on, on each other, uh, talk about the, the the sort of broader implications, I guess, of making sure that we can sort this out and that people can get back and forth across the border as they need to. Right. So um, because the governments have allowed um, trade and the movement of, quote unquote, essential cross-border workers to continue, this, the, the, there have been sort of limited effects on trade mm-hmm. between the two countries. But I have spoken to a lot of um, business owners who have said that, uh, you know, they believe they're traveling for an essential work purpose uh, to the United States or, uh, you know, Americans uh, traveling to Canada for an essential business purpose um, and how the rules are being um, implemented at the border. There's wide sort of discretion and it it depends on which... um, you know, border border agent is in, in at the border that day and how he or she interprets the rules. And so um, some business owners in Canada have said that they um, had been sort of scaling back their travel to the United States for business trips or to meet clients in person because they weren't sure, for instance, when they returned to Canada, if they would need to be uh, quarantining for two weeks. Some, you know, some of their employees got a border agent who said, you don't need to do that. Uh, others said, no, uh, you need to. And so that sort of limited, um, you know, what they say is really important face-to-face contact with potential clients or, or old clients and building um, those relationships. So, um, you know, and in terms of what I've been hearing from U.S. lawmakers, a lot of them in districts um, along the border, in border communities right across the border, uh, like Detroit, they're, you know, sort of um, reliant, not necessarily on vacationers, but on Canadians who would cross, you know, a couple of times a week just to fill up their, their tanks or to buy a bag of milk or, um, you know, to have a, have dinner at a restaurant. Um, and that is a, a really, I guess, crucial piece that, um, you know, they're looking for and that won't necessarily uh, be addressed unless, the, you know, if, if the Biden administration doesn't reciprocate soon. Yeah. 
I'm talking with uh, Amanda Coletta. She's a Washington Post reporter who covers Canada. We're talking about the push and pull, I guess, of negotiations between the U.S. and Canadian governments over border crossings, uh, the way that uh, we will be able to go to Canada and they will be able to come here uh, and then, of course, be able to get back into your home country because of the COVID-19 restrictions uh, that we've been living under for such a long time. Uh, we'd love to hear from you during the conversation as well. Uh, do you live in Canada? Do you live on this side of that border? Uh, are you uh, trying to negotiate or trying to navigate uh, all of these restrictions and the changes as they are announced to the way that uh, travel is going to be uh, regulated between uh, the two countries. Uh, give us a call and let us know if you're somebody who's excited about the possibility of being able to go to Canada again uh, the way we used to. Uh, or are you someone who's a little worried about uh, reopening the border too quickly and the fear from things like the Delta variant, for instance, and the ways that that could change uh, the picture for COVID here in the, in the U.S. and in Canada. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the Facebook page here at WDET or to Twitter and hashtag us, and uh, we'll, we'll try to work you into the conversation. Uh, Amanda, I want to ask you about these variants, uh, like the Delta variant and how quickly it is changing the face of COVID and COVID response here in the U.S. Uh, what effect might that have on the possibility of this uh, this border opening and maybe having to close it again, I guess, in the future? Um, so public health officials in Canada have definitely said that um, the reopening or at least the easing of restrictions at the U.S.-Canada border is going to be contingent on um, the epidemiology. Uh, so for now, it seems like uh, they are comfortable enough with where Canada is in terms of its case counts and uh, vaccination rates in order to take this next step. But again, it's a phased reopening, so it's only fully vaccinated travelers uh, for now. They've said that if the situation uh, changes, then they are, you know, always watching this and they might have to roll uh, things back a little bit. Um, you know, from what we've heard from U.S. officials, that is certainly um, something that is uh, concerning them. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it'll certainly play a role in, in to what extent the Biden administration uh, reciprocates. Yeah. Uh, again, 313 577 1019 is the number on the phones. Andy in Detroit, you're up next. I've only got a couple minutes left, but I want to get your question in here. Go Hello. ahead, Andy. Yeah, hi. I've got a cottage over there for years, and uh, part of my uh, enjoyment is being able to come and go and take care of my house in Detroit as well. Mm -hmm. And the blanket statement that was announced that uh, uh, fully vaccinated Americans will be able to enter uh, and the only re one of the restrictions was a 72-hour prior COVID test. And I'm wondering, I'm going to get over there and spend a few days, and now I have to come back here and cut my grass and tend to a thousand other things in Detroit. So I wonder if there's any information whether uh, that COVID test is going to be good for second and third and fourth three entries that yeah. uh, I would 
uh, uh, historically do yeah. within the first three or four weeks. Right. Great, Thanks. Uh, great question, Andy. Uh, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I want to give Amanda a chance to, to respond because we're running out of time. But, uh, Amanda, what's, what's the answer to Andy's question? Um, my understanding is that uh, the the negative COVID test needs to be taken uh, within or seventy two out within the seventy two hours before um, arrival at the border. So it does not seem to me like it would be something that you can sort of uh, reuse um, over the next uh, couple of trips. Mm-hmm. Um, that is certainly something you know I've heard from other. Um, American citizens and permanent residents who are, you know, who aren't coming necessarily just for a vacation. They they are used to making these frequent um, trips to Canada because their lives straddle the border, and that's what it means to live in a border a, a border community. That that is, um, you know, having to take these tests all the time is something that is uh, a concern for them. Yeah. Okay, Amanda Coletta of the Washington Post. Really great to have you here this conversation on Detroit Today. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. To do it for us today. I'll be back tomorrow, and I hope you will too. This is 1019 WDETFM, Detroit's NPR station. Your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.